The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went through all, throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. This seems like the stuff of con men and cults. When Jesus walks by, four men suddenly leave everything. Nets, boats, business, father, and families to follow him. Now why is that? Jesus is clearly bright. When Jesus began to teach in the synagogues, Folks said they'd never heard anything like it. But being bright isn't, isn't enough to explain all of this. The miracles don't hurt. Anybody who can heal the hopeless gets attention, at least for a little while. But once we get better, we often lose interest in what our doctors have to say. So why do Peter, Andrew, James, and John stick with Jesus until it kills them? This story suggests that Jesus got followed and Jesus got famous for something that probably seems quite unremarkable to all of us, for repentance. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As I've confessed to you before, 
The last thing I stole from a nun was a picture of a fish. I was making visits at a hospital and she'd hung it on her door for Lent. And I liked it very much, so when she wasn't there, I took it. And then I made a copy and I put it back before I got caught. So it probably wasn't a sin, but it was a really great picture of a salmon turning upstream to spawn, turning upstream toward life. That is repentance, not just being turned away from death, but also being turned toward life. And that is what is so attractive about Jesus. That is why these four leave everything to be his apostles and never look back. It is in Jesus, in his flesh and in his blood, that the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And that is what is happening to you here again this morning with this word and this Holy Eucharist. Jesus is turning you upstream and calling you to follow and to live. I've read that one of the oddest things about a place where there has been a genocide is that the birds stop singing and the bugs stop chirping. It seems that where there has been a mass killing, where there has been mass death, nature actually goes silent. So you can imagine what it must have been like for Jesus to wade into the land of Zebulun and Naphtali and Galilee and the Decapolis, into lands where so many folks were spiritually dead. With his holy senses, you can imagine how it must have looked and smelled and sounded to Jesus. It looked all dark and it smelled all dead and it sounded all quiet. And you can imagine what a job it must have been to turn it all around. Yes, Jesus is clearly bright. He sees the task before him. And yes, Jesus is certainly committed he was born to make wrongs right. So yes, Jesus teaches and Jesus heals, but most remarkable is that Jesus welcomes the work of distributing repentance and forgiveness. The task of touching you and turning you around and healing you this morning. Even though making you better means making himself worse. And even though turning you back toward life means turning himself over to death as the price for your sins. So his cross is what makes him attractive to us. What is startling is that his cross is also attractive to him. That sacrifice is the very definition of divine love, the selfless regard for the good of someone else. In a world that is so filled with anger that it feeds upon itself by always condemning somebody else, you're the bad one, you're the trouble, 
You're the heretic. You're just stupid. You are darkness. You'd be better off dead. Jesus reverses the flow. When Jesus comes near to us, right next to us, and says, follow me, he literally means, I'm turning you now to listen to me, to learn from me, to love like me, to forgive like me. Because heaven is right here. And what else is heaven but his holy love that floods the landscape? Forgiving everything and resurrecting everybody who will have it. Turning us around, setting us firmly on a new course, on a pilgrimage home with Jesus. Yes, it is light that made Jesus famous, and it is life that makes him worth following. But it is this divine love, forgiving and healing and turning and resurrecting and incarnate in his flesh and in his blood, that those four fishermen and we find so attractive in him And it is why so many over the centuries, including you, have left everything to follow him. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.